Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, we have another amazing guest joining us all the way from Croatia, believe it or not, Mary Pippenbaker. Mary, how are you today? It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Dallas. I'm doing really great. I am uh, absolutely flourishing in my Christian walk right now, and uh, I'm excited to be with you today. Come on. We were just talking before we started recording here that we are both experiencing like our own self-revival within ourselves and our situation, and God is moving throughout the, the U.S., throughout the world as well. We're seeing reports of this happening in 2023. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And I'm praying that the purity of what is happening is you know, being preserved. And that uh, we will see the fruits. It, it's it's early enough uh, or too early to label it. And I just pray that it's remaining as pure as it is or, mm. uh, you know, um, yeah, growing into something fruitful. Yeah, you're saying that using the word pure, and this is what God has on my heart, that he's taking the bride of Christ in making us pure. He's purifying the bride because Jesus oh. is coming back. He is coming back and he's not going to extend. I don't think he's going to accept a prostitute as a wife, right? He wants us to be pure, clean, you know, and I want to be that person. And I think that he's moving through the church and he's purifying is telling us cut things off that don't belong in your Christian life. And that's what, I mean, that's what I'm experiencing anyway. You can tell me a little bit about your story, Mary, and why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about who you are, your Christian testimony and why you're in Croatia today. (laughs) Sure. Maybe I have to cut a very long story short for this specific episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, my background is uh, actually in growth hacking, funny enough. So uh, I deal a lot with uh, artificial intelligence and how to leverage for ministry work. <laughs> so that yeah. is a little bit of my professional side. However, I'm also a, a publisher, a Christian publisher. And this is where my, uh, you know, technology side kind of falls into place and where I can leverage and use it uh, to um, spread the gospel through digital media. So in terms of my salvation story, that might be uh, interesting. Um, I grew up in a traditional Catholic household, like I had a very limited understanding of Jesus, uh, no understanding at all of the saving message of the cross. And though I attended church, like really every Sunday, I grew up with my grandparents uh, who were devoted Catholics, uh, kind of my faith was mostly built on rituals, you know, and praying to saints for daily needs. I lost my key. I prayed to a saint. So this was about it. I never touched the Bible, uh, never studied the word of God, uh, didn't even know it was a necessity. 
I um, pretty much believe that my salvation was already sealed with my baby baptism. So as long as I would stick around in church, um, I had nothing to worry about. So that was my concept of being a Christian. And um, I guess my life um, definitely took a turn for the worse when uh, I experienced some traumatic events. At the very young age, uh, I experienced um, abuse, and this abuse got simply ignored or um, I would even say silenced. And so then I lost my uncle, who was uh, my best friend. He was just uh, 10 years older than I. And then I was kind of starting to doubt God's existence, like for the very first time. And because I didn't have like a, you know, a fundamental understanding and my Christianity was really not built on a renewed heart, I'd say, um, I couldn't understand why God would take my grandparents' only son. And I couldn't understand why the things that happened to me got like unnoticed by God and were not dealt with Mm -hmm. by the people surrounding me. So um, not long after these I'd say tragic events, uh, just when I was about to give up my faith in God completely, I had a dream where Jesus's blood was shed on me. And like, I think most girls my age would have woken wow. up from a terrified, but like all I had, uh, <laughs> I could cry now, all I had was a profound revelation of who Jesus was, like without ever touching the Bible however that's amazing uh, he reached out to you he's like mary here i am you need to know (laughs) about me wow what an encounter there where i thought there is no god god is not addressing me so i had this sense of calmness you know and this i was no longer thinking why this is happening to me what however like at one stage i had to leave my grandparents place in germany where i grew up and moved to my mother's place in Switzerland. And I think I was just turning 10 or something. And uh, my life like took a downward turn. I experienced more trauma, more abuse, which I guess uh, as, as a result of previously being silenced, I kept to myself. So I was like a magnet to all these things. So in response and in order to protect myself, um, it, it was kind of leading me to rebel even more, you know, and run away from home, seek solace with other rebels who were mm-hmm. similar in a similar dark place. It's like the typical story. So my mother, trying to seek help, sent me to a Catholic convent school all the way back to church where it all started. And so, however, this was where I actually completely lost my faith. So what happened And I think this is very interesting and should be addressed today because I'm not the only one experiencing that. What happened was that despite being put in what my family believed was a safe place, I actually had the liberty to express even more rebellion. You know, imagine being surrounded by more problematic kids. It doesn't make you see that there was possibly something wrong with you you know you most of them came from even worse backgrounds so then another tragedy happened while I was in this convert school and I lost my best friend Tamara the only person I was relating to uh, we had a horrible accident and and I survived it and so I had something like a I don't know, you know, I don't want to speak about it as a near-death experience because I, I really don't know if that's even biblical, but mm-hmm. uh, I survived. So to me, God seemed responsible for all this. 
and I really started to blame him because it was all the dear people that the only ones I really had a relationship with and they were gone. So in the process of grieving and because I was going through a lot of pain, um, this was where nuns from this convert school would introduce me, believe it or not, to Eastern practices to cope with my trauma. I didn't hear the love of Christ, but I heard of, or I practiced um, something like meditation, autogenic mm -hmm. training, where I was shown how to start to worship creation instead of the creator. And I was introduced to this practice by connecting with the universe and imagining how I'm being rooted with what they called Mother Earth, you know? So thinking mm. back of this, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that this even happened in a convert school with nuns. So as a result, you know, of uh, excessively practicing and visualization and all of this, I suddenly started really to have like out of body experiences. And, you know, the more I dived into these Eastern philosophies and practices, the more I came across rituals practiced by Satanists, esoterics, and, and it got worse and worse, you know? So one thing led to another and put me on a path down the new age rabbit hole. One day, some girls from this convert school, you know, as well, I was really struggling, uh, suggested we play with a wicker board. Uh, I don't know if uh, maybe it's known as Uja board. It's, uh, Uji, yeah, uh, yeah. Ouija board, Ouija board. Ouija, yeah. Ouija board, yeah. exactly. For uh, me, so, this is crazy that you're experiencing all of these things at a, <laughs> what we could call a Christian, many would call a Christian school, you know, a, many yeah. would call a, a religious school. You should be getting closer to God, not farther away. And I would never imagine that these types of things. Crazy, Dallas, isn't it? Wow. But that's just, that's just one case. And I can, like, I have friends who've gone through similar things. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, back to this. How do you say Uja? No. Yeah, Ouija, Ouija with Ouija a W. Board. Ouija board. Yeah. That's what I call w it. Sound. Yeah. Board. It's easier to yeah. pronounce, I guess. Ouija board. So it, it's yeah. used for divination uh, or, or communicating with spirits. So the Bible mm -hmm. does not specifically mention this Ouija board, but it does warn against practices that involve divination, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Sorcery and, and communicating with spirits. So with this Ouija um, wicker board uh, mm -hmm. that that's that's essentially what it is so you ask questions and a spirit gives you answers and it's very occult i didn't know that at the time so i ended up asking i think i was 13 or 14 years old i ended up asking these spirits demons that i know they were uh, to tell me when i would die only to receive a death sentence of 33 years old so imagine being a 13-year-old girl knowing that she had only 20 years to live. And again, it didn't get addressed, you know. No one in church or none of the nuns would kind of explain that away, you know, with by biblical terms and uh, telling me what it was. So this was when I turned my back on God completely, you know, and I opened my mind for anything experiential, supernatural. I mean, I knew I only had 20 years to live, so I needed to live it to the fullest. So let's yeah. get some excitement to it. So fast forward, after spending almost two decades of living my life like to the fullest, believing that I had no reason to start a family, you know, I ran away before marriages and stuff, no reason to save money, no reason to have a serious relationship. Can it dawned on me, oh man, 
I only had some more years to live, but I didn't leave any legacy behind. So I came up with this glorious idea to become a new age publisher. So mm-hmm. it's it's so like looking back uh, and where I would kind of go on a quest, you know, to experience all these new age gurus, uh, all, all they had to offer and then prove the world wrong. Um, this is the only uh, thing that we have to in common, I guess, you know, from a biblical perspective, um, do not follow the customs of this world. So, yeah. and there yeah. I was uh, kind of on a mission to educate the world for uh, some more years with Eastern beliefs and ancient practices and alternative medicine, you know, all before I would turn kind of 33 so that I had to leave a legacy. And mm-hmm. it ranged from really shamanic practices, uh, hypnotherapy, yoga, ayahuasca, I'm sure you heard that in Brazil, frog poison, combo frog, um, law of attraction, you name it. And you see, I was, as I was approaching my death sentence, kind of as I was getting closer, just one day before I would turn 34 years old, um, it was the 16th May of 2016. I experienced a tremendous headache, like out of nowhere. Like really, I ne- I think I bumped my head against a brick wall. It was so painful. So I went to my bedroom, you know, and after hours of pain and painkillers, I somehow fell asleep. And then I saw Jesus in a dream, very similar to the one I had when I was a child. Like, and and that's it, you know. I, I can't remember anything else. But waking up the next morning and being thirty three, <laughs> alive. So. Yeah. And that was like, that was in an instant moment, everything was falling into place. Something happened that would put me on a path of seeking the face of God and just wanting to know who this Jesus actually was. Because the only Jesus I knew has been portrayed by the new age as some kind of ascended master who was equal to Buddha, you know, and other... I'm not sure if you if you're aware of this new age uh, ideologies, but uh, I always knew that Jesus was so much more. So I started calling people, you know, I uh, I knew to ask them about Jesus and share my love for him, and that I felt so guilty of never wanting to actually know him. But they would not understand what I meant. They would actually laugh at me, like, "But we are following Jesus, you know, the Jesus of the new age." And so this led me to seek wow. answers in books and, um, uh, you know, about Jesus and, and do my research online. So, however, most of it was just concepts of Jesus, everything I found. And I somehow felt I was just, it was just not the authentic Jesus that I dreamt of. So only months later, imagine me seeking Jesus for half a year, everywhere and every, like I spoke to dozens of people And months later, it was February 2017, um, as a result of my research, I ended up watching a YouTube video of a very humble woman sitting in front of a wall with a cross behind her, dressed modestly. And she explained the gospel of Jesus Christ for the very first time. You know, Mm. in a way, I would actually understand. And that was it. Like, (laughs) I knew I was a sinner in need of a savior. And I understood it. I needed to turn away from my wicked ways and be purified. I, I, I kind of I knew it. And this is when I uh, finally found 
peace and redemption in Christ. All I really remember was that I spent the next three days on the floor of my bedroom, weeping, crying out to God, begging him for forgiveness. And I don't remember ever standing up or going through to, to the bathroom or drinking or eating. All I remember was that it took me three days to kind of allow this process of repentance to, to change the condition of my heart. And yeah. yeah, so that's that's how I became a believer. And <laughs> wow. wow. So many things I I worth I was thinking whenever you were sharing. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that we got to the end of the story that you have freedom now. Because uh -huh. that's the best part of our testimony is when Jesus comes in, when he changes everything, and now we can <laughs> live for him. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. The Dwelling Place Lounge is in partnership with the social media ministry for the Dwelling Place Church in Anchorage, Alaska. In the lounge, they weekly discuss each Sunday's message and go further in depth and reflect on the powerful message given. You will be listening to their campus senior pastor, Peach Jones, along with co-host Ray Daniel for further learning in a fun and laid-back podcast style. Find more information by searching thedwellingplaceak.com. One of the most effective ways to talk about Jesus is through storytelling. Stories help us to reach people in an inviting way that is relatable rather than abstract or distant. Bradley Kelly's storytelling jewelry is crafted for this distinct purpose. Their aesthetic Christian jewelry is hand-cast and finished, made in the USA. Their in-house designs are crafted to uncover real emotions and start those life-changing conversations. Find Bradley Kelly jewelry at bradleykelly.com. That is B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-K-E-L-L-I-E.com. And yes. I last night I was actually praying with my wife and we were hearing this spirit of divination, spirit of divination, and we we're praying against it. Like, and then you're talking about this today. I think it has so much hold on people. It continues wow. to to bring people down, bring people down into uh, from what I what I'm seeing is that you have a really I don't know what you're doing all your details today, but I think that you have a huge calling today, and the enemy wanted to rob that and take oh, you out nice. and get you started on this new age, all of this stuff and lose the focus of what God really has for you. And now I'm excited to hear the rest of your story. So you <laughs> are, you're in Croatia today from Switzerland to Croatia. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Croatia as well. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Maybe I have to say why, what I've done before and why I came here in the first okay, place. Go ahead. So. That's fine. <laughs> Because there's a, like a continuation uh, mm. after 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 I came to Christ. Uh, obviously, you know the first thing I guess a believer does is uh, seeking same kind, isn't it? You, you are mm. kind of okay. And what now? Am I the only one? Are there others mm. similar mm. Yeah. to me? Yeah. And so the the moment I uh, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I think I mean my life completely changed. Like I said, I was a publisher at that time. So my thought patterns started to change, my desires, my purpose. Like I, I immediately knew that all I wanted was to live for him who died for me. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what about your conversion, but it, it's like so obvious, right? You no longer live for yourself. It's like there's someone who did something so spectacular, so self 
uh, sacrificial for you. Who am I to live for me now? And so I immediately called the distribution of my new age magazine in Switzerland. And I asked them, take all my magazine off the shelf. Like the same week I've put all my esoteric items and idols like in dozens of bags. I threw all these new age books I had, uh, I think put at the back of three cars and I had it burned. So, and now... Um, and this is where Croatia comes to play in place a little bit uh, when trauma gets unaddressed. And that's why I, what, what I notice about many, many um, Christians today. It, it, it's like a parasite. You know, you can you can think that, OK, look, now everything has become new. The old has passed. Everything, you know, you can yeah. stick to those words, but still there's some work to do. And unaddressed trauma is like a parasite. It's sticking to the very soles of your feet. You, you can go distances and believe you are far away from your past, but this parasite kind of goes anywhere you go. It's like mm -hmm. an echo in time, you know, it's, um, and I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't want to say um, my life really changed, but this baggage that got unaddressed appeared again. So just to put it in, in short, and this is essentially what has led me into the next destructive environment. Trauma doesn't get solved on its own. And in my instance, this unaddressed trauma of experiencing abuse resulted in me allowing more abuse to happen, even as a Christian. So once I came to Christ, I joined a church that propagated the prosperity gospel, <laughs> word of faith ideologies, dominionism, mm -hmm. uh, the new apostolic reformation. I mean, terms I didn't know existed back then, not to think of, of, of their meaning. So uh, but terms I know today will lead many, many Christians astray because these false teachings have infiltrated even the few sound churches around. I mean, are you familiar with these terms? Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And so just to give you some context, Mary, so our, our audience know this, but you were saying my conversion story, I lived a life in the world as a drug addict before Jesus. And so oh, I came God. into a place and... I didn't let's I'm not going to say that I was preached the prosperity gospel, but it was an easy temptation to exchange my life of addiction for the prosperity gospel. Right. But that didn't happen. But it was a temptation. You know what I mean? It was there. Yeah. And so I, I understand what it is about. And thank God I didn't go into it. But I understand the concept. Oh, yeah, wow. you, can, you can continue, Mary. But that's going to be very interesting with your past and your condition combined with my because we'll get there, I think, but <laughs> maybe, um, uh, I'm not sure. So your audience, uh, is aware of this terminology or, or should I? Yes. yes yeah. Yeah. You can, you can share free. They, they understand this. Yeah. Okay. So prosperity gospel for those who don't know it is basically, um, the belief that faith, positive speech, financial mm -hmm. giving will result in material wealth and blessings from God. Uh, seed faith everything is in there a little bit so not, then we have word of faith um it's to believe that words have spiritual power you know and it's a misinterpreted uh, word uh, bible words that is being used to kind of um, um explain it away so it, it means that uh if you have faith and positive speech that this can bring about health wealth and success so you can bring your uh, bring things into existence by speaking it mm -hmm. 
relates a little bit to the little God heresy, right? Because God created the world with the word. <laughs> so yeah. it says because he created us in his image that we are in the same power, you know, to create things and bring the things into existence. And then we have dominionism and that many Christians um, are not aware of that they're actually under this um, belief. So it's, uh, it's about Christians having a mandate to take over or, um, uh, kind of uh, dominate, uh, you know, aspects of society, uh, school, uh, government, business, art, you know, there's the seven... The seven mountains, of, yeah, of influence, uh, yes. yeah. Seven mountain mandate, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that, they believe, needs to be done in preparation for Christ's return. And that mm -hmm. leads into the new apostolic reformation, um, their belief is that they are modern day apostles and prophets who have unique authority and power in the mm -hmm. church. So it means they basically receive extra revelation, unscriptural, additional revelation. And they are called to restore the church to a position of power and authority. So it goes hand mm -hmm. in hand. You know, I think mm -hmm. you can't even kind of. You can't distinguish it anymore. Prosperity, yeah. gospel, word of faith, dominionism, and many, many other terms, but they go hand in hand. So however, when um, a born-again Christian, uh, such as I was, uh, joins a church, and that's what you just said, you came from an addiction, right? And then the, yeah. the, the temptation is there to fall for this. Um, you come as an empty vessel, right? Yeah, because yeah, anything's come. better than what I had before, you know, like feed me. I'm hungry, you know? And How everything is better. That that yeah, is that yeah. is a actually a good description. Everything is better, and mm -hmm. as long as you hear God, you you feel you're in a safe environment. So, born again Christians, um, when they join a church, like I said, they come as an empty vessel. So you do not have any comparison to divide right from wrong. You you. As long as you hear the preacher reciting verses from the Bible, and as long as you find that he's talking about scripture, you believe mm -hmm. that this must be true <laughs> because you have no idea. You don't know how to read the Bible in context. And all you believe is that the reality they feed you with is 100% taken from the word of God. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you have, how did you discover that prosperity gospel was not really the thing? Mm -hmm. but how, how did you have, it was, it's hard to compare and it to is. know, right? And because it sounds good. I mean, they're not preaching it because it's an ugly word. It's it's beautiful. You you want the prosperity, you know? We want this. And it's easy to receive because we yeah. want this. We want even in the world, the world wants blessings, the world wants success, the world wants a big name. They want all these things, prosperity, wealth. I mean, they want this. And so when exactly. it comes into the church, it's an easy buy. It, it's easy. It's an easy buy. And especially for a new ager who was already yeah. Uh, you know, um, surrounded with these terms, mm -hmm. like just new age terms, law of attraction, you know, word of faith is nothing but law of attraction. So uh, when you join such a church, you know, it's like uh, you're almost stuffed, not filled, stuffed with these false doctrines and conditioned to believe in the misinterpreted verses you are being fed with as an empty vessel. And I'm always saying empty vessel because I want to explain that a Christian doesn't know you know, he, it's just being mm -hmm. pushed on them in a way. So um, 
let's or let's rather say um, they are being taught how to also uh, interpret themselves into the Bible. It's not actually yeah. just about extracting, but um, in these movements, it's all about you. And that's, I think, what's appealing, right? It's you. God loves you so much. They yeah. talk about God uh, of love, but never about the God of wrath. So now you suddenly <laughs> go choose promises God made to the Israelites, you know, in the Old Testament, and you simply claim them for yourself. Jeremiah 29, out of a sudden, you know, God has plans for you, plans to prosper you. And so I became, by allowing to be fed with these myths, you know, false doctrines, I became a replica of the very heretic teachings that I am in opposition today. And I didn't know better. So um, I, I joined. Let me ask uh, you a question. You yeah. said you were an empty vessel, but from my perspective, you were not an empty vessel. You were a full vessel of the wrong things. You know, you, you needed to unload first and then receive. Oh, you know, th does that make uh -huh. sense? So, well, how can you mm -hmm. answer that? What would you say about coming? Because from my view, maybe people don't come in as an empty vessel. They come in full of crap and they have to take it out. Right? Like that was mm -hmm. definitely me. So I was mm. full of stuff. I had to unlearn everything I thought I knew prior. And I, I oh. knew God. I knew about God. I didn't know him personally, but I was full of, oh, I know what the Bible says. I know what the preacher is going to say today. I knew all of it. I knew for me, right? What would you say oh. about that, Mary? Okay. I see what you mean. Um, have you seen that video on Instagram where someone demonstrates God and sin? And then you can see uh, one cup is filled with dirt and then one cup is um, representing Christ mm -hmm. uh, and with pure water. And then he fills this dirty cup. You know, first he shows how people approach Christianity. They kind of try to dig out the dirt of the glass. And he says, yeah. no, 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 no. Let him fill you. And then, you know, you okay. It so comes maybe, out with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So you need to be I like filled. That. Thank okay. you. I get that. I That's get good. that. Beautiful. Maybe Beautifully I used maybe I used the wrong word. Uh, with empty vessel, I mean you come along with no understanding of the Bible. So now you uh, are an empty glass, mm -hmm. and what's being filled in there is a bad, dirty doctrine. So maybe that's what I meant. So thank you for uh, clarifying. I appreciate yeah. it. That's why I was asking because for our audience just to, to see what you're trying to say exactly. So thank you. Thank That's you. a good point. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. So, yeah, um, let's call it a glass. So um, I joined their leadership team, you know, of this cult very early on. And uh, I guess I was very submissive to the head of the church, uh, who, who obviously turned out to be a ravenous wolf in sheep clothing. And this submission was a result of my way of dealing with, with things and being submissive to abusers, as simple as that. So, yeah. The thing is, however, and <laughs> that's what we all struggle today with, that a deceived person doesn't know they're being deceived, right? You don't know it. Mm -hmm. You don't know. I mean, you don't know that you have a condition. So I was sticking around with this church uh, for three years before I had the courage to escape, before, you know, things started kind of to make sense or didn't make sense any longer because when, when you are in, in these uh, prosperity gospel word of faith, you know, in these extreme circles, you're being taught that you can only consume your pastor's theology. So mm -hmm. like, a, again, you have no comparison. So I did it in secret. You know, I did it and I started listening to um, whom, for example, Paul Washer, 
John mm-hmm. MacArthur, you know, the hardcore yeah. extremist, you know, compared to where I was. And I started listening American gospel and um, what else? Uh, Costi Hinn wrote a book on, uh, what was it? Uh, pros- greed, God, greed and prosperity gospel or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you consume all these things and you realize, oh man, this is so bad. And what breaks my heart, Mary, is that you were serving the Lord. You, you, The Bible says serve, you know, you were serving, you were being under submission of your leadership, like doing all the right things, you know, and yeah. that's what, that's what, it's so sad because so many people fall into this and they have good intentions. They're trying to fill the cup with the, the things of the Lord. And yeah, man, Amen. Amen. man, that's why I have so much compassion for these people who are there acting as though they were serving because they don't know better so mm-hmm. i can't blame them i blame the leadership yeah. and this mm-hmm. is what essentially the uh, bible is also teaching it's not teaching go distance yourself from these people who are part of the church and i needed to process understand that too mm-hmm. so uh, when you leave and i mean i i, I left uh, after exactly three years in in leadership and um, then it took me another three years to digest all that happened like all the abuse and all the false heretic teachings. I think that is sad. Once you realize how corrupted hmm. uh, my Christianity was, you know, by their heretic teachings, that was the most painful of all. And um, only then kind of began to understand, you know, why the abuse I experienced as a child came almost with a predisposition for me to fall prey um, to more abuse in church, like I, I started to understand, oh man, that is actually linked to an unresolved problem that I have that keeps me going in loops and loops. And um, you see, people who experience unaddressed abuse, and I really want to emphasize on it because I only recently figured that there's actually a parallel to cult leadership. So um, it's it's um, when when you when it's unaddressed, you are more prone to falling prey to cults and narcissistic abuses because um, your experience has left you with uh, deep emotional wounds. And these wounds Mm -hmm. can leave you feeling insecure, searching for a sense of belonging and acceptance. And these are the three components you will always find in a a destructive church, isn't it? It's, It's what they play out with you. So cults, narcissists and abusers often use tactics that exploit these wounds you know such as offering love and acceptance uh promising to heal emotional wounds you know that's why here's the anointing you know fall back in all these things and creating a sense of community and belonging that you know that leads to really excessive belonging so um, this can make them appealing to those who are seeking healing and validation. And I was seeking healing and validation. Though I had Christ, this unresolved things of mine still needed to be addressed. And they, yeah, like we'll get later to it maybe, but um, survivors of, of, of childhood abuse, they have like a distorted understanding, you know, of what healthy relationships look like. I had to admit that to myself. I had a completely distorted understanding of what a relationship looked like. I had no idea. 
have beautiful relationships, but now only looking back, I know what was really wrong and unhealthy in it. So you simply don't recognize the warning signs of abusive behavior, uh, making you more open to being at risk again. So um, this is where it gets interesting because uh, childhood trauma is not the only reason why people uh, join a cult. I mean, I was always wondering why intelligent people in the first place would ever fall prey to a false teacher or a cult. You know, Scientology, it's all successful people. And I kind of, I was digging deep into study on this topic. Just understand how is it possible in our church, there were models, architects, doctors, you know, intelligent people and um so as i was studying and figuring out like what 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 common problem do we all have you know that leads us into these false doctrines so uh there's an explanation not just from a psychological standpoint but from a biblical standpoint and god that that was that was an eye-opener so uh unaddressed abuse uh, can can leave a lasting impact on an individual's like emotional and psychological well-being um you know where it often leads you into codependency later in life and codependency this is a term that i would like to discuss if you allow allow. go ahead go ahead so it's um how how am i going to start with that um it can codependency can develop uh, as a result of um you know other factors than abuse and that's where it gets interesting because it, it includes your upbringing the way you were uh, the way your upbringing was it uh, includes cultural conditioning i'm from a bosnian bosnian background i have specific attributes to my personality that resemble you know my my my, my nationality uh, then uh, emphasis on self-sacrifice for the wrong reason, unhealthy fire, family dynamics, personality traits. So codependency can develop from a combination of all these factors. And it is a learned behavior that develops over time. So it just becomes part of your personality traits. And um, and, and you always react to um, emotional stresses, you know. And I'm saying this because now that I'm in a position to look at the events that happened in my life and the motives that led me to join the cult in the first place, I can actually see the same patterns and dynamics in about 90% of the people that I was with in the cult. And ultimately, in biblical terms, codependency is a form of idolatry. It's ridiculous i didn't when i heard it when when i kind of looked into it and also watched videos you know from other psychologists christian christian counselors uh, it shook me because um codependency means you're trying to find life or approval or satisfaction in someone or something other than god (laughs) i can be codependent of my work i can codepend on the opinion of my pastor i can codepend on the approval of my family whether what i do is right or wrong and often and um, this is i believe the case with everyone who has any sort of condition you don't know that you have a condition as much as you don't know that you're being deceived when you're deceived so um, you may not realize that you depend on your pastor's opinion that you depend on gatherings with your congregation 
that you depend on the entertainment happening in church on Sundays or the emotional songs in order for you to finally lift up your hands in worship, you know. And, and then the pandemic hits the fan and suddenly yeah. there's a great fall away from church. So why? Because what you were depending on is no longer strong enough to make you stick around. And because the online meetings alone with no special effects and no darkened room do not have the same effect on you. And mm -hmm. you will either leave church for good because all that kept you was not Jesus, but the entertainment. Coffee or and cookies. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to have the lights, you know, what's the point? What's the yeah, point? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah then you figure out who you were really serving. And this mm -hmm. is just one thing. Either you you kind of yeah. you, you notice you are not really holding, uh, being held by Jesus, or you will try to find a similar church that gives you a similar experience. And then you will just return to your own woman. Same cycle and, again and again. Yeah, yeah. Again. So it's about breaking mm -hmm. the cycle. So how do you break the cycle? That's well, the million dollar question, Mary. How do you yes. break the cycle? Like, what's the alternative <laughs> here? Because this... <laughs> This is sad. This is really sad. This is so sad, but so simple. It's idolatry. You know, the word codependent, you, you won't find anywhere in the Bible. So don't try to look it up. However, scripture addresses unholy relationship patterns. And that, I think, is the, the solution. What the world calls codependency, God calls idolatry. So the worship of anything or anyone other than him is idolatry. And, and when we kind of displace God with human relationships, uh, relational idolatry happens. And that's ultimately the, the solution. It's, um, this is why members of these false movements are practicing idolatry. And they need to remove the idolatry from their life and really dig a little bit deeper. Where did it start? You have to understand patterns. I mean, they're not going to resolve themselves uh, alone. And um, I think uh, in Exodus, yeah, in Exodus, he says that uh, we, we can't have any other gods before him in our lives. And that includes people too. So mm -hmm. the sin of codependency is very subtle, I think. And no one would actually think about it. You know, if, no, if you I'm think honoring about, this person, I, I'm honoring their opinion. Yeah. You know, they're the yeah. words that we use to, to approve yeah. it, to allow it. God's generals, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then they come up with verses like, um, yeah, you have to be under their guidance until the, the time that God has set, you know, and then they kind of switch around everything mm -hmm. and make it sound as though you really have to. However, that strengthens your codependency. And so in essence, being abused or joining a cult is not related to intellect, but like in my case, it's related to my unresolved trauma and codependency that I established in life because of it. And that led me to idolatry, even as a Christian, that led me to join and follow a charismatic leader who abused me. And that needs to be addressed. And I would love if Christians would today really think about this because these churches are growing. They're infiltrating the slight kind of coming through the back door and they are addressing exactly these vulnerable, you know, souls out there who have these issues of idolatry, not even knowing. So if not careful, really, it's uh, you may really end up over serving in church also, you know, because now with the expectation that God will reward you for, for, for being an, an outstanding servant, you know, you do things for the wrong reason. Now you mm -hmm. alter, you know, now you, you want to kind of, um, you want to get 
uh, accredited and validated by church leadership for doing so much, you know, and <laughs> everything is affected if you have this thing of codependency, if you place people before God, if you seek the acceptance of anyone in your congregation, it doesn't have to be necessarily the pastor or those overviewers. And that happens today, unfortunately, in church. So, yeah. Um, this leads kind of to a sense of um, validation, you know, when the church mm -hmm. recognizes your efforts and presents you with an award at the end of the year, uh, you feel validated and happy. And if you don't get one, you beat yourself up and do even more in hopes that you next will get year, next year. Maybe year. I'll do it. Right, Crazy. right. And, and so, Mary, we, we, yeah, go ahead about Brazil. I'm curious to this. <laughs> go no, I, ahead. I'm asking you. I'm asking yeah. you. I mean, I'm sure you can see that in Brazil too, with the especially mm -hmm. charismatic movements, can't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I've like it's interesting because the even the same denomination overseas is not the same. Like the American churches that have this specific denomina denomination, and then coming to Brazil, the same denomination, it's different in a way. If that. I mean, I'm sure that makes sense, right? But mm -hmm. yeah, I've definitely seen this in people that I talk with. I've been serving this and this and this, and mm. you know, I understand, I get it. And so we've been talking about this so much. This wasn't even really the the main topic of our conversation today, but since mm -hmm. we're talking so much about it, can you tell our audience how do we have freedom from this? If someone is stuck in this this pattern, if someone has an abusive church leader, something like this, how do we overcome? Where's my freedom? I think my freedom is essentially in the knowledge of God, um, in in the, and I think in the in the purest form, in the very purest form. So um, when Jesus, uh, for instance, says, or when we read in the Bible, if you believe in Jesus as Scripture says, then out of your belly will flow um, uh, rivers of living water, right? So the emphasis there is on, as scripture says, so it suggests that I can actually worship another Jesus if I do not align my knowledge of him with what scripture has to say. And I think the freedom is in the knowledge of the word of God and the, the rawest form of the word of God. And this is why I believe that everyone in, in the first instance needs to get this theology straight, as simple as that. And as to not depend on uh, whether your pastor got it right or not. You have to you know, work out your own salvation. That's the ultimate call. And, and we need to be in a position where we know how to um, use exegesis, you know, and, and hermeneutics. We, we need to know how to interpret the Bible and that seeking yeah. God in the Bible is what we need to do and not us. And, and, you know, this pick and choose game that we do. Oh, let's see what God has uh, to say about me today. It's not about mm -hmm. me. I think the realization mm -hmm. that we do not live for us, uh, that will change and shift ultimately a lot. And then you go about scripture with a different mindset and you will look after the, uh, different things and no longer, you know, about how we can satisfy your needs, how we can say that's in short what, what I would believe. Yeah. Would be wow. This is such a rich conversation because I think so many people need to hear this word that we're talking mm. about. And I'm happy that we're spending so much time on this topic because I think people need freedom. People yeah. need freedom. Like you said, someone who's deceived doesn't know. 
And so if you have something that's just like, maybe, maybe this is what I'm experiencing. If you feel something in your spirit, let's talk about it. Let's, let's walk through it. Healing. Like that's the biggest thing for me, like out of coming out of a drug, a drug addiction life. The biggest thing for me is healing. You know, let's get saved. Let's deal with it. Let's get transformed. Stop carrying this for the rest of your life. And just like you, (laughs) you'll see yourself fall into the same patterns if it's not dealt with, with the Lord, right? With the Lord. It needs to be healed. It needs to be solved. And why carry it? I think there's so many people that carry so much baggage, so much weight that we don't have to. I mean, Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price. It's... (laughs) The victory is already mine. I just have to proclaim it. I just have to rebuke the old, you know, and receive the new. And, and it's just that simple. Like you're saying, it's simple. It's simple. Amen, Dallas. I think I have to invite you on my podcast to uh, get a, a sense of your past and, and how yeah. you overcame and how Jesus uh, played, what, what role Jesus played in all this. That's so, I'm so awestruck, you know, when I when I think of the testimonies that I witnessed in the past years, it's, it's just beyond that supernatural. That's mm-hmm. already supernatural. You know, that's yeah. why do you need signs and wonders? That is the greatest wonder, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You coming out of the background, you were caught up yeah. living now in Brazil with a beautiful wife. And I saw your beautiful child. I mean, how supernatural is that? And I think that essentially people need to realize, you know, also for in terms of re- revival, uh, really uh, realign yourself to what really matters, you know, in terms of um, being a script, uh, being a Christian and, and going for the Great Commission. We need to, we let's, need to let's really talk about this out. revival really quickly. Like, let's talk about that. So <laughs> this revival that's happening right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not big famous leaders. It's not great worship. It's not mm-hmm. anything that the world would consider. If they tune in, they'll be like, that's what everyone's talking about. Like, that's <laughs> it, really? You know, like, let's be honest. It's not, it's nothing magical. It's nothing from the outside view, right? But if you look at yeah. the glory of God within it, it mm-hmm. doesn't need a big pastor name. It doesn't need a famous band. It's the, it's the glory of God. It's the presence of God. And we need to get back to the heart of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like what is the purpose of this life as a Christian? It's yeah. more than the big name worship group. It's more than ju- the famous church. We need to be with Jesus, you know, like that's where I'm at right now. Like just purify me, Lord. I want nothing in me that that pulls me away from your presence. <laughs> And I was saying that earlier, like, I think the Lord is purifying the bride and I'm excited for that because I'm cutting things out of my life that I thought was, I could, I can allow it, you know, like, oh, I can do this and be a Christian. No, you can't, you can't do this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's what God's teaching me. And I'm so grateful. And I feel so free that why would I, why did I entertain that for so long? Why? There's no point. There's no point. Why, 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 why? And um, and I think this revival, like I said, I, I, I would not want to label it now. I think it's really mm-hmm. too early. There is things mm-hmm. happening. But like you said, look, you are pumped. You, you know, in your life, you're experiencing a change, right, from it. So yeah. not from mm-hmm. it, but maybe because of it, because of it, you are being reminded that you actually need revival, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. that you need a change of heart. And what does this, that ultimately mean? It means that we are all not in a perfect position yet. I mean, yeah. we, the church is in a state of confusion. I think 
I mean, I haven't lived in the early uh, church, but just from a historical point of view and from doing my research, uh, I can't see that there was so much discrepancy and uh, turmoil, you know, uh, within the church then today. So we are in need of it. And maybe maybe we need to define uh, revival for the re- viewers. Yeah. Yeah, please, Mary, revival? go ahead. Tell it. What is revival? What is revival? <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm not an expert on revival, but uh, I really like the teachings of uh, Jonathan Edwards. Uh, mm. I don't know if you've heard of him. He, he's, yeah. he was a, a prominent Protestant theologian in the 18th century. And I think um, he has a great uh, study on this. And, and I would suggest that everyone just reads it for themselves. You know, I do not have to have a, a you know, present an essay now about it, but re- revival in, in, in the religious context uh, uh, refers to uh, a time of spiritual renewal within a particular community, and and this essentially happened with Asbury, with the uh, stu- university, you know, um, of students that simply started um, or started to worship after a sermon, and whether worshiping really never ended since last Wednesday. So uh, people started to fall into repentance and everything. It is a time when people experience a renewed sense of God's presence in their life. And this renewal often leads to uh, bringing someone back to a state where this person already was. And most of the time, I mean, when we look at Revelation, uh, Jesus said, um, go back to your first love. So mm-hmm. I believe in a sense that it means that we must return to the uh, to the love we have, to, to the first works that we had after our conversion, you know, as a born-again Christian. And I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what essentially revival is from my understanding, but I suggest that everyone reads uh, Jonathan Edwards' uh, take on it. It's beautiful. He has really a lot lot to say about it, uh, about, you know, um, he saw revival as a very powerful um, work of God's grace that brought about genuine spiritual transformation. Mm -hmm. So not just worship, you know, it brought repentance, genuine transformation means people would fall away from, or people would repent of their sins and have a turnaround in their lives. So, um, but like I said, early to say, what is your opinion or take on that? Yeah, yeah, I think that was wonderfully said that revival is a time of purification. You know, mm. it, it purifies us in, in my mind that let's get purified, you know, like <laughs> we, we see things as one way and then we bring the presence of God into it and it changes our perspective. Now we have a new paradigm and we're free. And I think that's what's happening. People are repenting of their sins. They're saying, what I'm doing is not pleasing the Lord. Let's change. Let's mm. be more like Jesus. And with this revival, like I'm just being transparent with you, Mary, I listened to it and I was like, yeah, the worship's not so beautiful. You know, the the mm-hmm. lights, there's no lights, you know, like what we would say mm-hmm. is what revival looks like, like this big cloud of what we say revival is, but revival mm-hmm. is the move of God. It's not the move of man. It's not the, the build it and they come. It's, it's the presence of God coming. I, I don't even have the words to say, but like dwelling on us. Stay here. Mm-hmm. Come, Holy Spirit, stay here. And I think you said it a little better, Mary. But this is this is revival, you know? This is revival. It's, revival. it's you know, I, I see uh, Christianity a little bit like strange dogs mm-hmm. <laughs> who kind of departed a little bit from the origins yeah. of the, yes. you know, when I think yes. I mean, in my heart, you know what I would always um, meditate on? I'm like, God, 
please, why don't you let us all just go back to acts? You know, yeah. why don't yeah. you just make yeah. us all go back to acts all the way? You know, talking about it, I find it uh, interesting that mm. God's word actually warns us of the consequences of altering his word, you know, in one way or another. So both in the Old mm. Testament and in the New Testament, he says not to take away or add to his word. And this is essentially what's wrong with, with the church today. Not only prosperity gospel or word of faith or dominion, not only these, also like um, fun, not fundamental, that's the wrong word. Um, uh, how do you call them? Uh, reformed um, Protestant, reformed Baptists, for example. When I hear mm -hmm. that and I look at the at their theology, I'm like, oh, wow, I really, I really want to join them. That, that mm -hmm. sounds so, and then I enter a church And then I see, man, stuff has creeped in that's no mm -hmm. longer, uh, you know, part of the Westminster Confession or whatever. You know, I always mm -hmm. orient myself at what is their confession? What what are they, what doctrines are they holding on to? And then I find myself yeah. being in a church that is Baptist but has Pentecostal elements and has this. And I look at it as like straying docks, really. And then mm -hmm. and that's basically what I believe when a revival, you know, when this outpouring really happens, then eventually it should become an awakening. And um, it reminds me of uh, uh, that in in um, there are two verses. One is in Deuteronomy, I think, uh, where God says, um, and and he he actually speaks to the Israelites, but he says he commands them that they should not diminish. Um, uh, how is it saying? Uh, you should not take away or add to the word. And in Revelation, he says the same. He says, and if you take away from the word of the book of this prophecy, you will lose your part of the book of life and out of the holy city. So two times we are being warned under the old covenant and in the last book of this prophetic book that if we take mm -hmm. away or add and 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 then something interesting, you know, uh, is like uh, if you read Revelation 1.3, That's the only passage where God promises that if you read it, you will have a blessing. And a if blessing, you teach it out right. loud, and I yeah. found that. So I'm like, okay, why then uh, the church is mm -hmm. not teaching it really? Everyone avoids. Did you notice that in Brazil? Yeah. Oh, Everyone yeah. avoids revelation. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but yep. that's so weird. God promised me in Revelation 1.3 that if you read it out loud, means a pastor who is reading it to a congregation, And if the congregation, the one who listens, actually obeys to this word, uh, then they will receive a blessing. And then the last um, couple of verses of the book of Re Revelation warns us of the consequences of adding or removing. So I think, I mean, I pray for this, honestly. I yeah. pray that we all look at what we made of church. Is this really an entertainment zone now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm being critical. And that's, that's what's so amazing about this revival that's happening. It's the younger yeah. generation that they live on TikTok. They live on social media. Yeah. But what yeah. But what are we seeing in this revival? The complete opposite. You know, it's the simplicity of God. Yeah. It's the simplicity of the presence of the Lord. And that is that gives me hope because we're, I was losing hope, you know, on the, on the young people. Like, man, yeah, they're yeah. losing Like, they're <laughs> lost in TikTok and all this stuff. But no, this brings it back. Like, there's hope for the younger generation's They have the presence of God. They are doing it. And it's easy just to write them off, you know, like, oh, 
they're lost. They they don't know the Lord, but God is reaching the young people. Come on. Amen. Come on. Amen. I'm pumped That's about that because yeah. they're going to lead us into a new place in the future, you know, that they're going to carry us and but continue more, to push the movement of God. It's so cool. It's so cool. Amen. Amen. And other other universities have been affected too. I mean, uh, like all, all across the country, it's I'm excited. I'm going to South Africa next week and um, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm praying already. God, let me mm. be, let me, let me be worthy of experiencing that. And, 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 um, you know, ha- having that change of my heart because you don't know what's wrong about you. You know, you, you don't know what your sinning heart is thinking and by what motives you make certain decisions. So sometimes I do not even know what to pray for, but I, I kind of, I pray that, I will experience that change yeah. too, you know? So yeah. let's see what's going to happen. Well, let's see what's going to happen. It's amazing. <laughs> Mary, thank you so much for everything that we talked about here. We did have an assignment today. Our assignment was to talk about faithbook.ltd. Oh, so yeah. let's take the last time that we have here together. We've been going for about an hour now. This is going to be one of our record length podcasts. So I'm excited. About it. Well, Mary, <laughs> tell us what is Facebook? Um, just tell us where was your inspiration behind this? A couple of things about this. Okay, I'm gonna make this one short. So, <laughs> so basically, my um, my main objective in, in creating Facebook was to share the gospel. That that's mm. it, and inspire readers to to embrace the Great Commission in di- the digital age. I'm I'm all about digital a little bit, so mm-hmm. pushing pixels for the gospel. So. Um, at yeah. the same time, I, I also want uh, to encourage everyone to break free from non-scriptural practices and assess their current state, not the, the state of their church necessarily, but assess their current state of faith, of their walk with God. And, and I just want to urge everyone mm-hmm. to recommit uh, to the unaltered word of God by upholding the principles of sola and tota scriptura. And I think that everyone can Google for themselves what this means. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people can hear this Facebook and be quickly confused. Facebook. No, no, not Facebook. Facebook. Uh-uh. Oh, so it's like a Christian Facebook. All right. So <laughs> tell us a little bit more to confirm what this is. What do we get when we go to this Facebook, <laughs> Facebook.ltd? Facebook.ltd. Um, it's really a registered company, Facebook. I registered it in 2018 while, while I was still involved with the cult. And it was a dormant company until just recently. And I mm. guess the idea was really born uh, the day I became um, a temporary church dropout. Because the first thing I noticed as uh, I was looking for a sound church was uh, I couldn't find one. You know, <laughs> I believe that this is a result of, of what I said, Christianity being in a really great confusion. So mm-hmm. I've seen unauthentic practices, misinterpreted Bible verses, putting emphasis on practices that were never made, um, you know, as popular back in the days of the early church. And kind of the list goes on. So Facebook was born of my personal need for sound doctrine, orientation, mm-hmm. seeking believers on a similar path. So I thought, okay, let's create that, you know, let's create a platform, you know, an intercession where we can meet because what you see now is just the page, but there's actually a directory behind it. And I'm inviting people to better test it personally. Um, mm-hmm. Those I believe have a sound understanding and um, that's the ultimate goal to have a Christian directory 
where uh, Christians who are seeking a sound church or believers on a similar mission back to Acts and mm -hmm. where they can connect and exchange and pray and even find Christian experts. You know, if someone is looking for a Christian content creator, Christian author, yeah. writer. So, yeah, that's basically what it is. That's excellent. Excellent. A place to bring us all together, you know, like-minded individuals, mm. Jesus mm. followers. That's cool. That's really Amen. cool. Amen. Faithbook. So one more time for our audience, this link is www.faithbook.ltd. You guys can see all of that. And if you could leave our audience today with one overall point, what do you think that would be? We've talked about so many things. We've covered so many great things, but what would be your overall points here today? Mm -hmm. So my overall point would be that I urge everyone to um, understand theology. Theology mm -hmm. is the understanding of God. It's just the word itself that keeps people on a distance because they believe now they have to kind of, you know, dig to the, no, you can do a, um, a very easy, simple uh, two-day course to understand how to interpret the Bible. And I, that's what I want to leave people with. I want to inspire them to just learn how to interpret the Bible and in, in terms of sound theology and not every Bible school is sound. So mm -hmm. that's where I want to invite them. Uh, hop on my page and check it out. I have a list with really sound, um, uh, you know, universities. And I'm involved with uh, ETA Zurich, it's short for Evangelical Theological Academy in Zurich. And they are offering an online program for individuals who just wish, wish to receive a, a university level education in theological studies. So they offer it in German, English, Croatian, French. I'm currently wow. translating it into uh, Croatian. And um, you can do it, you know, from the comfort of your home. You do not have to uh, pay so high admissions and, and go to a university place. And the program is basically designed to help individuals understand these difficult uh, theological issues. And they can learn from uh, how to practically use uh, the help of Jesus to shape their lives, you know, in a healthy way. So it's it's taught by four um, excellent experts in practical theology and um, New Testament questions. It even dives into Christian apologetics. That's a per topic that I'm personally very fascinated by. And uh, missionary work, philosophy, Old Testament dogmatics, ethics, and even police chaplaincy. So uh, if someone wanted to do that and use that in their professional life, they could. So I recommend everyone. And that's just the one I can stand behind because I um, I know uh, the experts behind this uh, university. And I would just urge anyone, learn it, no matter how. This is one I can suggest, but there are also two-day courses. Just learn mm -hmm. how to read the Bible properly. And that's about yeah. it. And then... Uh, what I also would want to leave them is that um, there's also a component of sound theology in combination with Christ's love, you know, so because just being a scholar with a degree in your pocket, uh, um, not knowing, you know, um, how can I say that without being um, too aggressive, just because you have a degree and you know how to do something appropriate, it doesn't make you automatically a good representative of Christ. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is that specifically in context of Revelation 2.4, uh, which is part of a letter from Jesus to the church in Ephesus, uh, with 
you know, it is a letter where Jesus is addressing the spiritual state of the church, uh, the, the church of Ephesus, but it also relates to general, you know, the universal church. He's urging them to repent and return to the first love. So what many people experience who leave destructive cults is either they leave with no, with bad theology, join another cult or go back to the world, or they leave, but now they are hurt and hurt people mm-hmm. hurt people. And they're depressed and, and they are only pointing with their fingers. And I'm talking from experience. Now you only point the wrongdoings of all these false teachers instead of participating in the Great Commission, instead of sharing the love of Christ, instead of, you know, minding um, what really matters, you know, as opposed to allowing so much time to consume you with digesting, you know, what they have done for you. Forgive your enemy, pray for them. That's what I would really call everyone to do. Forgive all these brutal pastors you were involved in pray for them because that's what jesus urges us to do he's it's so easy to love someone that you love and that is loving to you but i think through transformation happens when you start to kind of fall down on your knees or on the floor and start to pray for these souls too those indies cults uh, who also may have hurt you but just forgive and love them and pray for their salvation that's about it yeah yeah, excellent. Mary, thank you so much for all the things that you shared today. I am blessed by our conversation. I'm excited that our, for our audience to hear. I'm excited for my wife to hear. We're going to have some great conversations about our yeah. topics today as well. So thank you so much. One more time, your link, the audience can find it below, www.faithbook.ltd. And Mary, where can we find you personally on social media as well? So on my website, faithbook.ltd, you can find a lot of Dr. Smalling's books um, that I've actually not just published, but also translated into German and Croatian languages. So uh, Dr. Smalling highlights that Christian ministry is filled with stresses. And I totally agree with that, as you can see from today's podcast. Um, And he says that working uh, under incompetent leaders is one of the worst. And I highly recommend this book on Christian leadership. It it is for any leader in church or ministry who wants to do a serious heart check. And then there is, um, you know, in regards to what we spoke about today, um, there is a book called Prosperity Gospel Wounded Charismatics. Uh, this book is for anyone who has been hurt by the prosperity gospel and word of faith errors uh, because it exposes the origins of Gnostic heresies, of false gods, and, you know, all these unbiblical teachings that I spoke about today and that have unfortunately infiltrated our churches. Um, And what I would also like to say is that since I'm traveling between Croatia, Switzerland and South Africa, um, I provide almost all of my materials in English, German and Croatian language. And in the regions I visit, uh, I also offer business workshops uh, to Christian professionals and um, I also train churches and their teams and their leadership how to reach the lost online and how to perform better in the digital age by leveraging technology. Um, You see, I truly believe that 
failing to use technology to fulfill the Great Commission is like not printing the Bible despite the existence of printing presses. So by utilizing AI specifically, and I know that scares a lot of Christians, but by utilizing AI to aid in mission work and sharing the good news, we have the potential to achieve so much more greater impact, you know, and we can reach far more people than ever before. So I highly encourage you to um, just give it, you know, uh, give it a go and, and check it out. So this is why I want to invite you to participate in my free digital discipleship challenge. Um, it is where you can learn how to share the gospel both online and offline using the latest tech trends. And that will give you an idea, um, you know, of the areas of artificial intelligence where you can really uh, claim for yourself, you know, for a good purpose, really in sharing the gospel. So yeah, I also want to add that all the books I mentioned and more, you can actually download for free. So you, if you are not in the position to, you know, where you can't afford um, to buy a book, you are free to download it for free. We want to make it accessible to as many people as possible you know, just to educate them and help them heal from all the pain and everything that they've gone through. So, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. If I can have you end our time with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Praise God, of course. Father, thank you so much for giving us the platform to glorify you, to talk about you, Father. And thank you for everything that has been shared today. I pray that everything that I have may said that offended someone, that um, it transform into really mm -hmm. into, into that that this is being just taken away from their heart. It should they shouldn't be bothered with uh, the things I said that were not true, the things that I said that may have offended them in a way that is not in alignment with your word, Father. I pray that everyone who hears this is being blessed also by the podcast that Dallas has uh, put up, uh, and that everyone is being blessed with what they've uh, understood from today's podcast, what they got to uh, learn and that this is essentially leading in something fruitful in their life where they can come closer to you father i <laughs> I'm, I'm just so humbled that you do what you do and that you always keep your promises father no matter what and um i pray that everyone also including those who i have heard and who heard me can see that um, we all want to move on and we all essentially want to be just good servants. And this is why I pray that you just change our hearts, Father. Show us all the things that are not yet visible to us that we have not comprehended about the things that we do in a wrong manner, the, the things that we unconsciously do that are not in alignment with your word. Just convict us of all these things. And I pray also for this um, revival or what is happening in Asbury, that uh, you protect them all. I think that there are enough uh, revening wolves <laughs> appearing at these events and trying to steal the show and trying to reshape it into what they understand revival is. And I pray, Lord, that um, you protect them, you prove it, yeah. purify this place and that um, we, that you really allow us to experience this revival in our hearts first. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. 
with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.